Dear Nancy and people of Minister Church, do you commit yourselves to lively proclamation of the gospel through the work of this congregation and the larger church, working together in love and harmony and in mutual respect for the ministries of all the baptized? Let us then offer our prayers to God for all God's people and especially for Nancy and the people of Trinity God of unchangeable power and eternal life. Look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out your tranquility and plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were passed down are being raised up. Things which had grown old are being made new. That all things are being brought to their perfection by him all things were made. For Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray to the Lord and giver of life and the Church of God be and strengthen for its mission. We pray that your church may be alive from the fire of its first charity brave to face danger and death in the splendor of that life which is the light of the world. That your church may be worthy of its liberty, be persistent in reform, active in benevolence, trusting of you and one another, and ever faithful to your mission. That the old may dream dreams and the young see visions, that its sons and daughters may prophesy, bearing the eager witness of its beauty to your world. That all church members, putting self aside, brave, diligent, and pure in heart, may seek and serve you in all you have created. That Alan and Gail, our bishops, Nancy and Becky, our priests, all clergy, and all who serve God in the church may be good and wise, strong and courageous, competent in their work, and faithful in prayer and witness. That our bishops and all bishops, full of insight and imagination, may venture great things, not by the exercise of force, but by serving as true overseers and leaders of your people. That your church's councils and conventions may be keen to go forward, filled with wisdom, eager to mend breaches, reach out in love, and build for your kingdom. That your church's scholars may have disciples, its prophets have hearers, and may we grow in knowledge and faith through the examples of Clement and all the saints who have gone before. Holy Spirit, hear us. That we may forsake that love of factions and opinions which keep us from loving one another, so that, coming together in friendship and love of you, we may be knit together by your grace into one body through the gift of your Son. Holy Spirit, yes. And finally, that your church, renewed by
by your love may be a beacon of peace, so that all people are reconciled and empowered to dwell in peace, charity, and friendship. Strength that comes from his glorious power, and may he be prepared to endure everything with patience. 
unsearchable wisdom. You gave your servant Clement grace to understand and teach the truth as it is in Jesus Christ, the source of all truth. Grant to your church the same grace to discern your word wherever truth is found. Through Jesus Christ, our unfailing light, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.
Trinity and Nancy, this is an amazing opportunity. It doesn't come often, so don't miss it. Take full advantage of this time. Be bold, be faithful, be courageous, and for heaven's sake, give the Spirit room to work. Now with the preparatory remarks dispatched with, let's get down to it. On Saturday, I was blessed to be invited to participate in the workshop at Princeton, led by Parker Palmer. The courage to lead, personal transformation and social change was the topic of the day. So after opening comments and introductions, Parker offered a quote by E.B. White. I arise in the morning. I arise in the morning torn. Torn. Torn between the desire to improve the world and the desire to enjoy it. This makes it hard to plan the day. We all got to laugh at that little poem. But the truth of those words is still echoing in my heart. We wake up every morning ready to seize the day. What shall we do? What shall we do with the day that stands before us? Improve the world? Change the world? Challenge the world? Transform the world? Or have a cup of coffee? Check out Facebook and Instagram. Retweet some inane, ridiculous something. Maybe follow it up with a little online shopping and then head out to Hawaii for a yoga class. Or on those post-extreme mornings, you wake up and you say, why bother? Just don't get out of bed. Call in sick. Have ice cream for breakfast. And then binge watch something on Netflix. I say that Sunday mornings at 6 o'clock. <laughs> My Lord, what do we do in times like these? How do we live in the world? At least for me and maybe for you too. Some days I feel like I'm drinking water from a fire hose. So much is coming out. So much is coming at us with power and intensity. The world is coming at us with a volume and velocity that we've never experienced before. We are not in Mayberry anymore if we were ever there to begin with. Sitting on the front porch on a Sunday afternoon drinking sweet tea. Telling gossip and telling jokes and talking about our neighbors. Pandora's box has been opened. Opened so wide with such intensity, so much coming at us. My God, my God, I mean, literally, what are we to do? What can we do? So we arise in the morning to face the day torn. Do I improve the world? Change the world? Or just enjoy the ride? Ride the tide, ride the wave, because to fight it, it will pull you down. It will pull you down and knock you to the bottom. This is the time, I believe, in which we live. So, who are we as the people of God in times like these? As the church, what are we called to do? What is our mission, our purpose? Because we too, as the body of Christ, as the church, we arise in the morning tone. The cultural societal tides are strong, and the tides seem to be changing quickly and picking up power. What do we do? What now? Do we work to change it, to redirect it, to transform it, to harness it? Or do we just write it, enjoy it, make the 
messed up. What can we do anyway? Well, sisters and brothers, this is what I have to turn you to just a wee bit. We may arise in the morning torn, but we best not stay that way. Do we work to improve the world or simply to enjoy it? There is no question. There is no question. Our call is transformation and radical incarnation, not to sit back and enjoy the ride of the societal tide and cultural wave or whatever comes what may. Though the societal tide and cultural wave may be strong and getting strong and seem too strong and too overpowering, that is no reason for us to shy away. To shy away from the great high calling of the sacred work of proclaiming the transformative good news of Jesus Christ. The people of Trinity Church, Concord, brothers and sisters, now is the time for the church to shine. Now is the time for us to stand tall and stand strong. Now is the time for us to give it our best. Now is the time for us to give it our all. Now is the time to dig too deep, to dream big, to swing for the fence and to let it fly. Now is the time for the gospel. Now is the time for the good news. Now is the time for the time to change because the way of the cross, the way of Christ is on the move. It has to. Now is the time to improve the world, to change the world, to challenge the world, to transform the world. We, my sisters and brothers, are about the sacred and holy task of being Christians and proclaiming the good news. And let me say that another way. We are not about the business of going to church. We are about the business of being Christians. We are about the business of being disciples of Christ. And they're not the same thing. Not by a Simply going to church is one thing. Fully living into the gospel is quite another. One way of being may ask of us only an hour or two, once a week, or even less. This way lulls us into a daze to passively enjoy the ride. And as the church had to match and dispatch, make sure we have coffee hour, nice confirmation, and tender Christmas pageant, Easter flowers. Job done. Let's go. The other way, however, ask us for everything, requires everything. Demands everything. We are called to an all-end ministry to love and serve the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. For being a follower of Jesus Christ is not for the faint of heart. In the gospel lesson for today, when the disciples heard the word of our Lord Jesus Christ, what did they say? Wow, great Jesus. That sounds super easy. Let's do it. No. They said, no. No way. This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? And may I add, who can live it? Who can live this word of living bread? This is far too hard. Following Jesus Christ is hard. Being part of the Jesus movement is hard. Being an agent of transformation is hard. Playing church is one thing. Being a disciple of the risen Lord is quite another. When you arise in the morning and the day awaits, good people of Trinity Church, I want you to remember that the Spirit is at work in you and in this place. This is no time to ride the top. So be bold. 
Be faithful. Be courageous. And give the Spirit some room to work. The Spirit of the Lord beckons us forward. Despite our fears, despite our uncertainty, despite our tendencies. My work, says the Lord, must be done. For there is a starving world longing for the bread of heaven. For when we come and gather at this table, we are not going through the motions of some sentimental ritual action. This is not easy church and fast food, Jesus. We come to feast. We come to experience the risen Lord. We come to experience a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. We come to be filled. We come to be filled with grace and hope. To be filled with love and mercy. To come to be filled with life. We come to be filled with life at the table. And not just regular life. We come to be filled with resurrected life. And resurrected life is life that has been broken, been betrayed, been spit upon. Resurrected life is life that has died, but, stopped, but death could not stop it. Resurrected life said, no, I will live in spite of the betrayal, in spite of the brokenness, in spite of the cross, in spite of the death, I live. That's different. That life will not be stopped. That's amazing. I fear now, Lord, people come to church, they don't expect much. They expect polite, well-mannered liturgy, which as you can see, I always strive to get. <laughs> An adequate children's program, a couple of outreach opportunities, a pleasant priest. Sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't. Something nice, something tame, something controlled, Something controllable. A nice ornament to decorate the tree of our garments. But I believe we're selling ourselves short. That's good. That's nice. That's enough, we say. Well, it may be good, maybe nice, but it's not enough. Not enough. Not by a long shot. Our world deserves more. Our world needs more. What would happen to the church? What would happen to the world if we truly lived into the fullness of God's radical love? What would happen if we really were bold and faithful and courageous? What would happen if we really did give the Spirit some room to work? This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? Following Jesus is not for many. This should make us tremble. This should take our breath away. This should stop us in our tracks. This is the gospel of Christ that brings life from death. For this is the bread of life. This is the bread of hope. This is the bread of reconciliation. This is the bread of mercy and peace. This is the bread that makes the blind to see and the deaf to hear, the lame to walk and the dead to rise. This is the bread that breaks down the walls of hatred and racism. This is the bread that binds up the brokenhearted. This is the bread that proclaims release to the captives. This is the bread that makes us beat our swords and the plowshares and calls the lions to lay down with the lamb. This is the bread of life. This is the bread of heaven. Yes, this is difficult teaching. This is the most difficult, most absurd, most ridiculous, most preposterous teaching ever known. 
transformed and the kingdom will not be made manifest by an easy and reasonable gospel. A gospel of sentimentality and nostalgia. The world will be transformed by a bold vision, faithful proclamation, and courageous action. And we are called to such a radical notion that those around us may think we've actually lost our minds. For this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? Now, however, is the time. Now is the time, Trinity Church. Now is the time, brothers and sisters, to hear and heed the call of Christ. So, my friends, this night, let's enjoy this night. Let us sing and pray. Let us come to the table of peace. Let us surround Nancy and all of us, all of us together, one another, in God's spirit, God's love, God's grace, and God's goodness. Let us drink from this night. And when the evening comes to a close, we will return to our homes and rest. And then by the grace of God, the sun will rise. And so too shall we. The day before us, what shall we do? Improve the world or just enjoy it? Will we be torn? My friends, the Lord leads that completely to us. So, Nancy, my dear, my dear friend, pardon me in this wonderful ministry of Jesus Christ. The good people of Trinity Church, Dad, come you better take care. Time's come. This new day, this new season awaits. The sun is rising. Possibilities before you. Bread of life for a hungry world. This is difficult teaching. Who can accept it? I know without a doubt you're up to the challenge. Be bold. Be faithful. Be courageous. And for heaven's sake, give the Spirit room to work. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
and in the wider community. Having covenanted in baptism to do this work, remember that each of you has resources and gifts for ministry. Join your rectory in prayer, in discerning the vision for this parish, and in calling forth the leadership, resources, and talents to carry out that vision. As you love and serve God's people, remember to love, support, and nourish your rector, her family, and members of the staff serving here. My friends, do you commit yourself to this task? We do. May the Lord who has given you the will to do these things give you the grace and power. Despite what it says here, despite everything it says, other than this, Nancy J. Haggard, President of the Church of God. You've been called to work together with your bishop and fellow presbyters as a pastor, priest, and teacher, and to take your share in the councils of the church. Now, in accordance with the canons, you have been called to serve God in Trinity Church. Massachusetts. This charge is a sign that you are fully empowered and authorized to exercise this ministry, accepting its privileges and responsibilities as a priest of this diocese in communion with your vision. Having committed yourself to this work, do not forget the trust of those who have chosen you. Caroline, your young and old, strong and weak, rich and poor. By your words and actions and in your life, Love and serve Christ's people, nourish them, empower them in ministry, and strengthen them to glorify God in this life and in the life. Nancy, do you commit yourself to this trust and responsibility? I do, by God's grace. May the Lord who has given you the will to do these things give you the grace and power. Now all friends, neighbors, visitors, and also clergy members of neighboring congregations and others. Will you, members of the local community and wider church, who witness this new beginning, support and uphold priests and people of this congregation in their ministry together? Take this water and help me baptize in obedience to our Lord. Amen. Bishop Gates, 
Accept this candle as a sign of our commitment to work with the rest of our diocese in spreading the light of Christ to all people. Amen. Nancy, accept this Bible and be among us as one who proclaims the gospel and helps us to do the same. Accept this prayer card so we might be people at prayer at home and at work and in all the places in our lives. Nancy, receive this prayer book and be among us a person of prayer and a leader of our corporate worship. Gracias. 
the whole world. Nancy obeyed his commands, and they allowed us to share in the councils of the style. So Linda and Sue accepted this basket of really lovely food as a symbol of our outreach to those in need in our community, body, mind, or spirit.
and brothers in Christ, the peace of the Lord be always with you.
And then um, we would love to say hello and welcome to our friends from Princeton. So Jersey tonight.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Because you sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death, and make us heirs in him of everlasting life. That when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels, with archangels, and all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Now, 
Let us pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for giving us the holy food, the body and blood of your Son, and for uniting us through him to the fellowship of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for raising up among us faithful servants for the ministry of your word and silence. We pray that Christ and Holy Spirit be upon you and upon those you love this night and always. 